to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest podcast on Spotify. My name is John. I'm joined by my boy Alex. You just got a dog, Alex. What's that all about? How's that going? I I did. She's uh actively playing behind Meg or behind me with Meg right now. So I'm sure you can hear it right now. She's nice. She's cute. She's a tiny little thing. I think she turns five months old in like a week or like four days. I don't know. What, what's her name? Her name is Winnie, and she's a Chihuahua wiener dog mix. She's coming on the oh, camera wow. right now. That's a, that's a power combination. I don't know if you can see my camera, but there she is. Winnie looks like a little shit. Oh, uh, she's <laughs> she's a little she's a little menace. That is for sure. She is well, active as all puppies are. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that and all of your endeavors there. Thanks. Dude. Um, Talk to me about Atlanta. You know, I was um, unfortunately couldn't watch it live the first time. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. you were driving. <laughs> but I listened to it on the radio. And then throughout this week, I've been watching the NASCAR upload, the race on YouTube. I've been kind of watching that. Um, so I'm, I'm caught up. I saw everything. At least I think I saw everything, half of it. I probably wasn't paying attention. But, um, yeah, t- tell me about like what it was like watching live, you know, what were your reactions um, and kind of biggest storylines coming out of Atlanta? So within the first three laps, I went great. This race is going to be a poop show because the entire field wrecks within lap two. And I was like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Like I like my fantasy day is ruined. This is awful. I don't know how the rest of this race is going to go. Oh, he figured out his camera. There we go. I get to talk Dude, to him. I face. just realized. I'm so stupid, dude. I'm so stupid. So, all right. So, obviously, the the listeners can't see, but we use, like, a video. Obviously, we like to see each other's faces while we're talking. Um, And I was having issues before we started, and I couldn't figure out why my camera wouldn't turn on. And I just realized there's a button on my keyboard that turns off the camera. Oh, a little function key. Yeah. And (laughs) Okay. I it's looked hilarious. down and I saw the I saw the orange dot on that that thing on and I was like oh uh, my my uh my work laptop does the same thing so orange so anyway yeah. sorry about that yeah dude it's a uh, that's what I thought within the first two laps I was like you're joking like Christopher Bell wreck Bowman wreck uh it, twelve other cars in that wreck and I was like you got to be kidding me I think Denny got involved in that one too Denny got involved in a lot of wrecks but I was Dude, the rest of that race, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was absolute, like, it's a super speedway, but you could easily just, like, do a quick slingshot maneuver into enter of any of the turns and then exit out and do almost like a slide job move to get in front of the leader. And it would only work for, like, a lap because then the next, the guy you just passed would do it again to you. And it was literally just like a cat and mouse until waiting to see, like, who's car was better with tire wear and how the rest of the draft was doing behind them and there's so many multiple times in that race where they went three or four wide and i'm sitting there the entire time like oh my god this is it my fantasy lineup's gonna wreck again because now they're four wide going into the entry of the turn and next thing i know they're all fine they're just hanging out i'm like dude this is incredible it was not only the race but it was the fact that the drivers were for more than less, they were driving clean with each other and driving hard and driving fair. And I feel like that's something I haven't seen in the last like 20 races from last year to this year. 
whereas guys were just bumping into each other and wrecking each other all the time. Where this race, it was just like everybody's going for the same spot. They're all bumping each other. And I think it speaks for itself. I have a few posts saved from what happened with Jeff Gluck and his voting polls. I agree with everything from it. Was that he had the most people vote in this poll. He had a poll record of almost 50K votes, 49,000 votes in this poll, which crushes the last one before this was like only 36,000. So an extra 13K votes. And it tied for the number three race in his poll history of 302 races as one of the best rated with a 94.8% vote for yes, this was a good race. And I am glad the fans also thought that because that race, I feel bad for you that you were just listening to the radio, but the radio broadcast is pretty good. They do they do a, a good show. Um, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, the, the radio broadcast is always really good, but it was so chaotic that it was so hard to follow. Like they'd be like, Oh, Denny's in, in third. Um, Oh, and now he's in seventh. And I'm like, what, like what just happened? That's an experience Um, in itself though. Like that's like, it's like you're sitting there listening and you're like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Dude, that's exactly. And I'm like listening and I'm like, wow, this has to be such a good race to watch because especially like the last um, stage, like, uh, they would be like, oh, and uh, Kyle Busch takes the lead on the backstretch, and then all of a sudden David Gilliland's leading, and then like literally the next lap, it's Truex is in, in the lead, and then Truex drops the 10th, and you just had no idea what was happening because like they're trying to give you a visual, but it was just so chaotic that they literally couldn't. Um, so I don't know. It was a definitely a mix. I actually pulled over for the last – that last I'm caution glad, came I'm in. I'm glad you did. Yeah, I think the last caution came out with like – 12 or something to go. Um, if I'm mem- remembering correctly, and I pulled into a rest stop and watched, watched the very end, which thank God I did um, because that finish was historic and awesome and just everything you want in a finish. Um, I also really like I, how well people have been responding to it on social media. That's like a pleasant surprise for me in the NASCAR yeah. world. Well, so, okay, hang on. I'll get to that. But um, the one thing I will like say though is switching from the radio broadcast and putting on TV for like the last 10 like laps of the race was just such a like emotional high when you're on the radio. And then the, the broadcast on TV is just so like lackluster, dude. Like, yeah, they just, I, I've said it and I've said it, I'll say it again. Like as much as we enjoy like having the Kevin Harvick's and Clint Boyers in the booth, I think it's really important that we have professionals in the booth that know how to commentate and have been doing it for their entire lives and know how to bring the excitement. Like you don't jump in a booth in one year and you're just magically good at it. Like, I think we just need more energy in the booth and that comes from experience and we need to stop hiring professional athletes. And this goes for all sports, like, like goes for football, goes for basketball, goes for NASCAR. Like we need to stop hiring these ex players and ex drivers and ex professionals and actually bring in people who have been professionally commentating their whole lives. Like the, like sure. Like the players can bring a, a level of analysis and like, having those analysis is good. Those analysis commentaries are good, but you need the color commentary. And I don't know if these drivers necessarily know how to bring the color. Um, So that's my only complaint. But um, the one thing that did drive me crazy on Monday, sports center put out their top 10. That drove me nuts. That drove me nuts. They they put the finish at number 10, Like one of the closest finishes in NASCAR history. They put at number 10, three wide across the line, Number nine was a softball play, a routine play to first base. Like, yeah. 
like the the top the other like there was obviously a few obviously anytime you're watching a lot of them were like what like basketball players or something too like Like six of them were number nine was that softball play to first base sure she dove for it and then she tagged the base okay you'll see that every single week every single week if you watch a baseball or softball game you'll see that same exact play yeah you're not going to get every race of them beating and banging to the line yeah and then number number uh, eight was like a dunk over a player okay cool but you'll see that at least once a weekend in basketball you this is like a once in every 10 years finish and I think it's not even like the lack of people like caring about the sport. I think it's just like we know how ESPN is. They don't care about auto racing like at all. Their market yeah, is yeah. just like they don't report on it. Like they have bets and stuff on it. They do a few articles here and there, but like they don't they don't care about motorsports. They do the same thing with like F1. Like they have to deal with F1, but like they don't do anything different when it comes to reporting. They just feel like their demographic isn't auto racing, I guess, and they just well, put it to top 10 as number 10, which is ridiculous. It should have easily been top three should have been one, but yeah, I did like, uh, I think it just looked really bad on sports center. Honestly, like it looked bad on ESPN, especially since um, like, I want to piggyback with this. with like, I have like the links pulled up for like how many views the finish got. And on Twitter, the video of NASCAR putting out that, 49,000 likes, right? You don't get a lot of likes on Twitter anymore. But the views was 17 million for the finish. That's insane. 17 million people viewed that tweet of that finish. And then I was curious. I was like, all right, well, let's see Instagram reels. Let's see what how they yeah. get on Instagram. What's too. the total there? The total, I'm going to break it into two clips because one clip has the full video of them finishing all the way. Or no, sorry, that's a four wide clip. So the one where they went four wide in the race with like 80 to go, that got 4 million views. And then the finish on Instagram reels of the race got 2 million. And then two days before, when Eric Jones almost crashed the damn thing in qualifying, that video got 1.1 million views. So in the span of three days, Instagram for NASCAR, they got 7 million views with 2 million of them coming from the finish and then on twitter they got over 20 million from all their clips and 17 million coming from the finish so they had so many eyeballs for what this race accomplished and sports center goes yeah it's a it's a 10 for sure <laughs> yeah um i just checked on tiktok as well because obviously TikTok's i forget they have tiktok big. yeah and the finish got 870,000 views um so i mean that's still a lot twitter's twitter's their bread money for or their breadwinner for some reason i don't know there must be a better following on twitter like they always get the most views on twitter for some reason and this is also the most um what's the word i'm looking for uh since since ross chastain it's like the highest um traffic that's the word i'm looking for the highest traffic on a post since ross chastain did the the hail melon in 2022 so it's kind of interesting how Trackhouse is responsible for two of the more viral crypts in NASCAR in the last. It's not really like Trackhouse is responsible for this one at the end. But there's Trackhouse car one, right? Yeah. So it's just interesting how they're the last the last two viral moments have been from essentially those teams winning something. And like I know we've talked like I, I know I mentioned this almost every episode, but that's big for sponsorship too. Like 
those those three cars got 20 million views on that one Twitter post, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. Sorry, what 49 million? What'd you say? 17 million on the Twitter 17 post. 17 million. 17 million on that one Twitter post. Like, okay, not everyone's fixated to the sponsors on the cars, but your 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 exposure is going so so much higher on that one race. Like, if there was, I don't know how many viewers will. I didn't see the metrics. And then also like Daniel Suarez, his advent advent health or whatever he was, they plastered it all over their insurance homepages today or this week. And it's like all over their website now that their car, I don't, it was an insurance company he was running. I just don't remember which one, but they got so much viewership. Cheddar's right. And then I think it was body armor on Blaney's car. I don't remember. Um, But all those sponsorships just got so much clicks. They got so many clicks from all platforms. And that's um, good. I, it definitely good. Definitely good. Speaking of viewership, uh, Fox averaged 4.5 million viewers for the cup race on Sunday. That was up 5% from the second race last season, um, which was at Fontana. Uh, and then it was also technically a 33% increase for Atlanta, but Atlanta's first race last year was like 9 to March. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. But either way, I mean, that's the second race in a row that they've been up now. Um, so obviously, good stuff there. Uh, I'm wonder how much of that has to do with like the fact that the season started a week earlier when we get into baseball season, and then um, yeah. obviously like more important NBA season, we could see that shift. But um, still, some good metrics off the bat. Now, the so, important question I ask you to kind of. I guess close out Atlanta feelings or maybe not, but I've seen a lot of buzz on Twitter and Instagram and Reddit or wherever. And also from our fantasy chat about how fans were like, that race was great. And a lot of them are very cynical, especially our friends in our fantasy league. were like, that was a great race. I really hope NASCAR doesn't try to do that for every single track and repave Atlanta like the way they did Atlanta. Because now I saw fans calling to do that to Texas Motor Speedway. So now my question to you is, obviously we're happy about this race, but are you worried that NASCAR will see this success and then progress it into, we got to do that to every track? I hope NASCAR is smarter than that. Um, They've kind of fallen into this trap a few times this in the last decade or so where like yeah, okay you know, road courses are exciting let's make it so we have six of them do we really need six road courses probably not but now we have six of them and all of a sudden they're not as interesting anymore well because you took away the part that made them interesting that that's the fact that we only saw them two three times a year now we have and you also six had of a them. car that could like you actually we also had a car a that could race it better sure yeah um i don't I mean, we have six, we have six drafting tracks now or six drafting races now. I don't think we really need another, um, but it's, it's crazy that we have 12 races are like predetermined in the schedule. Like that's crazy to me, like six yeah. super speedways and six row courses. And yeah. then you leave the, what math is that? 36 minus 12, 24. Yeah. 24. And the 24 yeah. other races are all different, but I mean, Texas in this new package has been as abysmal, not great, but not as bad as it once was. So I don't know. Um, I hope they don't do that. Obviously, I'm, they're going. I'm truthfully more of a positive person. I think they'll be fine. Like I think they realize that they have like a lightning in a bottle here, and I don't know. I feel like they learned from their mistakes of the cookie cutters. They lost a lot of viewership when they kept doing like the cookie cutter style of tracks, and everybody complained about those. 
styles of tracks and the car wasn't racing well on them. I think they've done a really good job with the super speedway package so far this season. And the intermediates have always been really good. So you have good portions of the race for the season are going to be good races. It's just fine tuning a couple things. And I feel like NASCAR understands the draw of like people go to the tracks to get a different race. If they're all going to be the same race, people won't buy tickets anymore. Like if Daytona races exactly like Talladega, they're not going to go. And Talladega does race different than Daytona. Yes, they're both super speedways, but they race different. And that's why people go. Also, Talladega has the allure of going to Dega and Daytona has it too. But I think NASCAR understands that. So I'm not going to be as pessimistic about it because I think they understand they have that capability of making every track its own unique experience and fans like that. For sure. Well, speaking of tracks, we head to Las Vegas next week. I don't think we need to get into these full storylines yet, but like, I love that track and I'm very excited. I think, I'm ready for Chase Elliott to win. I don't know about that. We'll see. I only saw a stat before we got on that made me say that about Hendrick Motorsports. Like they've won the last three races here or something. It was like Bowman, Byron, and Larson or something like that. Yeah. Or like three of the five. So the, 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 sorry, God, can't talk. Vegas odds right now. um, Kyle Larson is four to one. Uh, yeah, Byron 17 to 2, and then Denny Hamlin 17 to 2. I'm just happy to have a track where I can watch practice and I can watch qualifying and I can go, Hey, I know who I'm starting in fantasy, and it's not going to be a crapshoot. Like, I literally, like, this week leading up, I texted Paydoc, I texted Paydoc that, Hey, by the way. I text KDOC on Tuesday and I was like, by the way, I am very high on Daniel Suarez for this track. I'm going to play him and I want what, you to why? know. What was the rationale there? What did, did I miss? You not, like, did you not know? I didn't tell you in the in the because I picked on I'm assuming it was penalty points because I picked up on Kislowski, but I guess I didn't think to look at Suarez. Is that where yeah, you got on. me? Is with, he had a penalty yeah. at some point? I don't know if Suarez had a penalty, but his Atlanta stats, are you ready for this? Since the reconfiguration, know. since the reconfiguration, Daniel Suarez was fourth first race, sixth the next race, 29th after that. Last year he got second, and this year he got first. The dude can race Atlanta since they repaved it. And I knew there was not going to be that many people that would pick him in our league. I just didn't trust but him. I think I, I also the, the mishap that happened here was I told K Doc I trusted him on Tuesday and I wanted to let K Doc know because K Doc is a um track house fan. So I wanted him to know that one, if Suarez blows up, I'm blaming you and it's all your fault. <laughs> two <laughs> was I was only playing him in my other league. I'm in two leagues. I'm in Colin Gester's league. Yeah. And I was playing him in only that one because I wasn't for sure with our league. I had Kyle Bush in originally. But I accidentally copied my roster from you, the league you into ours, and then that it worked out. Me off, and dude. I was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I can't. You are the luckiest dude of all time, man. I literally texted Santos too. Like, I messed up. I accidentally copied it. I can't believe I've done this. And I told him you're, I was like, "Going to lose by thirty points." And then Suarez won the race. And I was like, "Oh my god!" So annoying, dude. But hey, so... I still. I still called it in my one league that Suarez is going to have a good day because he went fourth, sixth, 29th, second, and first in the last 
five races here. He knows how to race Atlanta. So, okay. So my two dark horses that I didn't want to talk about. Um, my first one was Brad Kozlowski. Now it backfired. Well, yeah, he, he wrecked, right? Yeah, Yeah, he wrecked. Um, but so the interesting thing that tore down his points was the fact that they had that hundred point penalty back in 2022 Mm. and that affected his points total, um, on racing reference. So he had like negative 69 points for the first race. And I saw that and I was like, oh, no one's, well, people are going to pick him still, but like, yeah, I think I played him less likely to pick him if they don't look deeper into the stats and then he had like a second place and sixth place finish last year and then of course he wrecked so that killed me um and then my other dark horse who i was kind of trying to get people to avoid was uh it didn't work out for me but if it did i would have been very happy um was why am i can't think of him right now oh eric jones um yeah i I was really heavily considering him too I was really, really high on him, of course, got in the first rack and was slow the rest of the day. But, um, you know, just the finishes were there in the past four before this week. Obviously, um, we were worried about Toyota, but I wasn't worried so far to the point where I was going to avoid him. He was the one mm-hmm. Toyota I did have in my lineup. Um, but it didn't work out because he was involved in a wreck, and as were most of my drivers. So, yeah, Brad really, got in that wreck, really and then I just sat there thinking, like, when Brad got in that wreck, I was like, man, if I just didn't accidentally copy it, I could have had Kyle Busch and Daniel Suarez in my lineup, and I would have had one through five on fantasy. Because yep. I had I had Blaney, Suarez, Cindric, and McDowell. I just want you to know you're hated. Well, yeah, like, it's because, one, I'm lucky, and two, my dark horse is always win. But my dark horses, my dark horses always win, dude. I was like, Daniel Suarez is going to be a great pick, and nobody's going to pick him. Nobody in our league picked him. Granted, I, I accidentally copied him, but nobody picked him besides Meg. Meg picked him because Meg lives with me, so she knew I was going to play Suarez. Yeah. So I was like, hey, you should probably play Suarez. But Meg did it on her own ingenuity, and she got third. So um, I had Blaney, who finished decent, right? Can't remember. Blaney finished, so. yeah, he had the most points. He had 52 points on the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sindrick, who played, finished decent. Um, what killed you was using time. Byron and Elliot. Like, you only got 20 yeah. points from them, and that, that hurts you. butchered me, dude. Butchered me. And that's a use on them now, too. Yep. When they only Killer. And now I'm I'm down two uses on Chase Elliot. And guess who I'm yep. starting this week? Chase Elliot. <laughs> oh, my God. The first three races, burn, 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 burn. Burn them, baby. Burn them. I guess that, um, that should probably bring us back. We got on a tangent, so we should probably yeah, back sorry. to Las Vegas. Um, let's not jump on Las Vegas yet. There's a couple more points we have to talk about, or at least I, like the next thing I wanted to talk about was yeah. Um, yeah. the Dan- Dale Earnhardt news, or potential oh, news. Yeah. Is it news or is it a rumor? What's no, the deal it's there? news. Like he's, leave- he's not broadcasting. You're talking about his broadcasting yeah. stuff, right? He's yeah, going he to is- prime. He's going to prime, but he's taking this year off. He's not even going to broadcast for NBC. So he's not going to be there in the NBC booth. And starting next year, Amazon and Warner Brothers, which would be TNT's we- uh, website, TNT's channel, they are going to have 10 races, five on Amazon, five on TNT. Dale Jr. is going to be a broadcaster for those 10 races and not on NBC anymore. So what I'm hearing is that Amazon offered him a ton of money. 
Yeah, and he's and obviously he a, he's a businessman, and he can turn that into his his racing team if he wants. He can do whatever he wants it. with that money. So like, it's a no brainer for him to do that. And now the NBC booth is a, uh, you know, bunch of guys screaming at each other now. Like I felt like yeah. Dale Jr. was like the guy that could like be like, all right, guys, let's bring it in a little bit and let's well, just he... talk about the race. And and he's always been fantastic at broadcasting and commentating. But I am very excited to see what those different booths look like throughout the year. Yeah. So, I'm curious like, what Amazon gets. Like, and now I'm curious, like, all right, who does Amazon build with Dale Jr.? Like, are they going to poach other people or are they going to just like try and get new and upcoming people? I just hope they don't do what they do with like, um, like their baseball broadcast and stuff. They just get like random people to like show up. And I'm like, that's not what I want. I need like actual people that are like around yeah. the league and stuff. I think so, they I understand the importance, but you know, having Dale as your flagship is definitely not a bad way. Yeah, to start. it's going to bring people to be like, "Oh, well, now I got to get my Amazon Prime membership to the yeah. Wolf's race." <laughs> For sure, that's um, a that's a good piece of news. I have you got any news for anybody? I've got a ton of news. If you want to do a news segment before we get into Vegas, so yeah, hit me with the news. So, my other news, quick little news circle around is um. First one I would like to talk about is since NASCAR full speed on Netflix's debuted, it was one month ago as of today. And during that time, NASCAR has made some pretty substantial gains on social media. Instagram, they gained 258,000 followers on Twitter. They gained 18,000 followers and on Facebook, they gained 40,000 followers. So not crazy bumps, but Still new fans being like, hey, you know what? I liked that series. I'm going to subscribe and follow yeah, and do that. all these things. Like, that's you'll easy. And that. they spent, it came out that they spent $5 million for that Netflix documentary. That's I think that I think that's a phenomenal investment for NASCAR to be like, yeah, five grand, net or five grand, five mil, and put that in and get more fans. Now, I'm curious if that gives them an incentive to go, you know what, let's go the full eight-episode series or a full 10-episode series next time for the next season if they do another season for Netflix and then see how much money they spend on that now. I'm curious to see what they think was beneficial. Like, Did they think those over 300,000 followers on three platforms good? It didn't count TikTok. I was curious how many TikTok got, but I couldn't find any um subscriber or follower numbers for tiktok but that's good good growth for the yeah. sport so you think of it like that five million it's it's essentially marketing all right they're doing content marketing um so essentially your content is essentially marketing your main product which is obviously the races and and in, oh, yeah. in person viewership and obviously tv viewership so five million for a good deal of a good amount of exposure on obviously Netflix, obviously one of the biggest streaming platforms in the United States. And then obviously being in the top 10 carousel definitely helped with exposure there. And then obviously you see that translate to the social media, um, you know, social media engagement and social media follows. But um, the hope there is that a good chunk of those, if not all 250,000 are watching the races and that, you know, they're potentially ho hoping that that um, increase in viewership is a result of this Netflix documentary, but obviously they probably yeah. have the metrics to see that. And we definitely don't. So um, yeah, exactly. So that was my, uh, that was my one piece of news. I thought that was very encouraging. My next one was from Marshall uh, Purette or Prout. I don't know how to say his last name. 
Uh, he's a reporter for Racer Magazine, Road and Track, uh, reporter for ESPN. I think he does a little bit about um, uh, podcasts and like IndyCar. I know he's very involved in like IndyCar series. And he came out on his podcast and said, quote, if you're a Honda fan and you like NASCAR, you're probably going to be really happy here in the future. End quote. Yep. And I went, hmm. Now it takes a while for an OEM to get introduced. So they wouldn't be here next year. They wouldn't be in 2025. I think the reports were that they would show up around 2026 because it takes like Maybe. a three year period to get in. But it depends if they were like setting it up now or setting it up prior. And we're just getting the news now. Nobody knows that yet. Because then the fans started speculating like crazy and they were like, well, Stuart Haas's contract with Ford ends this year. So people were like, are they going to jump ship to Honda? And it's like, well, they can't yet because Honda has to pass some clearances first to even get involved. So it opened up the door for like, one, awesome that Honda potentially joins the circuit. Two, not good for IndyCar fans because that probably doesn't paint a good picture for IndyCar and Honda and IndyCar anymore. And three... Does Stuart Haas continue with Ford or do they do like a gap year with like Chevy and then move on to Honda? Like those were the speculations I saw. So obviously the rumor mill has completely like flown off the ground um, here um, because there's no, obviously no confirmed news. So this is all kind of speculation. I think it is possible from them to enter the sport next year. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think their biggest issue would be building an engine like i don't think they'd have much issues like figuring out the chassis and uh, the body um i think they could do that turn that around i think the issue would be building an engine but i'm sure nascar would step in and be like hey like we need hey roush hey like hendrick hey we need you guys to help them figure shit out like um so i don't know i'd be interested to see how that all works out but I am too. I mean, I, I would I love think, having another OEM in the in the sport again. Oh my God, I think it'd, it'd be fun. It'd be awesome. And they you would need more than one team, team to jump ship, though. I feel like you would need like. You know, do you? Like Toyota uh, has been just Joe Gibbs, obviously for that. Yeah, I guess. 10 it's, I mean, it depends what team. Like, if Stuart Haas ends up not jumping ship, like fans are speculating, then it's like, who is Honda? Are they getting their own team? Are they getting charters? Or are they going to be like, hey, we're going to buy out the Chevy team? Like what's going to happen there? And it like, you know, if they come in and they come into the sport and they take over like Rick Ware racing, it's like, all right, great. That's a, a bottom team that is now another OEM and they may not do much. Like, I think the only jump that would be smart for Honda is to get like that tier one team. And even though Stuart Haas has had their pains, I feel like that's the right spot for them is get a four car team to buy into your OEM. That's what you have to do. So. I don't know. It's going to be interesting with what news comes from that and how that develops. And I'm very excited to have a fourth OEM into the uh, the sport again yeah. if they if that I comes think, to fruition. Like I like the Stewart Haas idea. I think the one of the issues there though is that Tony Stewart is is partnered with Ford, and that impacts multiple avenues of his business yeah i don't know how long is he partnered with them though i wonder if his contract also ends with like stuart haas's contract maybe but like you have to you also have to remember that like he has the drag racing and 
I don't think he would allow his personal interest to impact his business interests, but I don't know. I, I think that's definitely something to consider for sure. Yeah, it should be really fun to see how that develops. And I'm just curious what happens if that continues. But I do know Marshall Brett or Prude. I'm sorry if anybody's listening and I'm butchering the name, but he's uh he's I did my research on him and he's very well respected in his circles with IndyCar. So if he says something, you know he knows a thing or two. So that's interesting. And then my last little bit of news. Wait, is... sorry, not to, not to backtrack real quick but also i'm doing like active research and also oh, to keep in mind is that eldora which is obviously a stewart owned track is um also sponsored by ford so mm, interesting I, I think this impacts a lot more than people are kind of aware of and how the we, nitty-gritty we've seen of- crazier things have happened in nascar though a lot of conflicts yes, just get ended early <laughs> true but i mean you're talking about a whole portfolio of businesses that could be impacted by whoever tony stewart and and gene haas sign with um i think if it comes down to it stewart probably actually wants to stay with ford but i would assume so i think he does but gene haas might not yeah Yeah. does gene haas have any ties with honda i'm not Uh, i'm not gonna have us look that up but like i'm just we'll come back to it we'll circle back to it yeah yeah, go ahead with the next but, one. I'm going to do some research real quick. Yeah, but the last one I had, and I'm sure you're, you're going to egg me on for this one because it's a fun one for you. Bad one for me. is yeah. Well, not bad because I like the guy, but I'll explain. So Bob on Twitter came out and said that Hendrick Carr website has previously said it would sponsor Raja for 10 truck races in 2024. They now have come out and said that they are going to sponsor that truck for the full season, all 23 races. So Mr. H has opened up the pockets and went, Raja, I like what you're doing after getting a third at Daytona and an eighth at Atlanta. I'm sponsoring your truck full time. Yeah. Now my speculation instantly went to, okay, now let's try and follow his lineage here, right? Like what is he going to go after this? Does Mr. H then make the 17 Xfinity car a full-time car for him? when he starts developing the trucks. Could he do that? I don't know if he does, but he may partner with um, uh, Pollock Racing or JRM, and he gets a ride there. My next thought was, and I talked to KDOC about this, was that he could jump ship, or I think this was KDOC's thought, actually, but he could jump to Xfinity when SVG leaves Xfinity, and he would take over the 97 Raja, and then like have a sponsorship with Trackhouse and Hendrick Motorsports. And then the reason I said you would take me on for this is if Mr. H is backing him a lot, he probably wants him in a cup ride. <laughs> the other three seats are pretty solidified. Ally likes Bowman, but I could oh, see God. Ally easily being like, get out of here, kid, because you're not developing. And we got this young stud in the trucks in Xfinity that's lighting it up. So my yeah. speculation was that Bowman's contract could not come so, to an abrupt end but it may just not get renewed at some point how long is bowman's contract uh he signed another deal like a year ago or something i think it was another like two three year deal so maybe 2026 maybe 2025 but Rajah's not going to be ready by 2025 so i think it's like a 2026 deal i'm just curious because i saw a lot of people speculating like oh there goes the 48s ride like Rajah's going to be in the 48 
And I mean, the timeline works out well. It's, it does. You know, Hendricks thinking about like Bowman's because you never get a feel because like Bowman, I think with Hendrick is my my feel always was like Mr. H like likes him, but he thinks he could have a better guy and then have a really strong four. Whereas Ally loves Bowman, like they love having him as their driver for their sponsor. Yeah, and that unfortunately drives more of the bargain when you're in this sport is if your sponsor likes you more, it takes a lot harder of a convincing to get the sponsor to be on board with a new driver. So Mr. H will have to work overtime if he wants that. I mean, you're also keeping in mind, keep in mind that granted it's Kyle Larson, but Hendrick's literally funding Kyle Larson's ride with his own company. Yeah. And now he's so, also funding Rajah's truck full time. I think I think that truck team's a lot less expensive than. <laughs> well, yeah, it is, but he puts—he doesn't have to put the extra money in that truck team. I saw my speculation was that, screw it, Kyle Larson seems bored. I don't think he likes the cup that much. I think he really loves dirt racing. I thought on a whim he gives up in like two to three years and just goes dirt racing full time. Now that he owns that league. And he does all of it all the time. I think he could just be like, screw it. I'm done. I mean, yeah, that's definitely been a speculation. Like, people have been speculating that for the last few he's years. He's just so um, dry in like interviews and like he just doesn't see. He's always like, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm having fun as he's shaking his head like, no. It's like yeah. so weird. I just don't know if that's his personality because every Hendrick driver is freaking boring except Bowman. Shout out to Bowman. He's got some personality. Well, yeah, Jeff Gordon helps out with that but i don't know it's my speculations i don't want to see bowman go because i like mediocre drivers for four i'll have to figure out a new driver after him i'm not gonna i like Meru for raja but i don't know i'll find a different driver i may like pivot to blaney or something truthfully i like blaney so we'll see yeah. i think that was my last little bit of news i don't know how much more i had yeah that was it i just had like the point grid from what it is standing after um after atlanta that was it so that concludes right. our news well let's jump right into las vegas then obviously we kind of mentioned some of the early odds um but you know uh i think i have to go and re-watch last year's race because don't remember exactly who was dominant but you know give me your rundown what are you thinking what are your thoughts who do you think's going to be impressive um this weekend well my eyes are on hendrick because um last year's race is this when chase elliott got hurt he couldn't race in this anymore this was the first race he missed right i have no I think, idea i think this was yeah josh barry okay here he is so josh barry ran this so chase elliott was out already at this point and at this race last year in the spring race the one two three finishers were byron larson bowman one through three so my eyes on Hendrick Motorsports and William Byron had a 60. He was perfect. 60 points at Las Vegas in the springtime last year. So he had a perfect race, won both stages, won the race, led 176 laps. Larson then had 53 points, so racked up a ton of stage points, and Bowman had 46. And then the people behind him, bunch of Toyotas. Bell, Truex, Bubba. So my eyes are officially after these two weeks of going forward, forward, forward. I am not looking at Ford at all for Las Vegas. Well, that's where it's really interesting, right? And we haven't gotten a really good idea of what these different bodies are actually. Yeah, 
I'm like curious me. to see how practice and qualifying works. For right now, I'm a hundred. I haven't used a single like important Toyota driver, so I'm looking to deploy a few Toyotas this week. Dude, it's it's you know this is actually going to be the first real week that we get an idea of what we're actually going to see from these cars. Yeah. Um, one of the guys you didn't mention that I'm really high on is also Ross Chastain. Or did you mention Ross Chastain? I did not, but I'm okay. also like a Chevy in general, like. As long as they're good in practice qualifying, I'm high on them. Yeah, I mean, Ross Chastain has been, this has been one of his better tracks, if not hit, it might even be statistically like his best track. Now, granted, he doesn't have a win here, but like the last four races here, a third place finish, a second place finish, a fifth and a 12th. Like but the average, his total points for those four races, 172 points. Yeah. And an average, good. average finish of 5.5. He's actually got the best average finish of all active drivers right now for the last yep. four races for Vegas. And that's what I mean. Like, I I hate to lock guys into my lineup this early in the week, but but Chastain's a guy. But I think you're right. Like, I think you're locking in some of these big name Chevys. You're locking in probably William Byron. You're probably locking in Ross. This Chastain. is where the bloodbath begins for people to pick in now. Like, this yeah. is where you start deploying your big names. Well, it, it's tough, right? Because you kind of want to play contrarian because you know everyone's going to lock in Byron, Chastain, and maybe even Larson. Um, it's playing contrary just enough, though. Like just like one yeah. or two drivers, right? You don't want to go crazy. Like you're not you're not playing like Austin centric here. Yeah. No. Um, but you could play yeah. like a, you know, like people are probably going to be picking like Denny or a Tyler Reddick or a Truex or a Bell or a Bubba or Larson and Byron and Chastain. You could go like. Truthfully, I don't think many people would pick Kyle Busch. Like, he's a guy that's really good here, but I don't think many people are going to pick him based on what you're going to see in practice and qualifying. The second they drop out of that, like, top 10 and they start, like, 11th or something, people are just going to be like, ah, not picking him. Yeah. I, so it's I interesting. Agree with you there. Um, or, like, a C-Bell. People may not pick C-Bell. I think he's a guy that always slides under the radar, so that helps a little contrary. Um, Bubba Wallace would be a good pick. So it just depends. Just depends on what people do. You really have to be different with just one to two drivers. You're not trying to be full different. Like you want to get the points where you can, and then hopefully pick the bonus points differently, and then pick other drivers differently. I think that, like, like at least for me, because obviously I'm in a good position. I think I'm like third in the league right now after two weeks. Um, I think it's weird. Like, like depending on where you are in your league standings, you can almost get away with trying to actually just match what other people are doing, especially this early in the season, right? That's why I always like, try to get a lead within like the first five races. It's like if yeah. I can withstand being like 20 behind, I'm in a good spot. Yeah, and then and then that gives you also leverage to obviously put someone a little bit contrary in, in your garage and your fifth in garage spots. And then if like say, you know, the stage points are like identical between your garage and like, like a bull and Byron and they're running around the same spot. You can play that, that garage piece and save William Byron. If you think the points are going to be close to the finish. Like that's obviously the big thing is like, you have to be able to predict what's going on that final stage, but yeah, exactly. Points in points, you, you can get away with that. Or if they have both wrecked already and William Byron's like five points more than your garage driver, you can be like, Hey, like I'm going to save William Byron for five points. Like so worth it. Um, so we're just dropping, you know, just pieces of information. This might be we the most are. insightful podcast on the internet. It genuinely. might be. Only if people in our league listen, we would be screwed. <laughs> oh, sucks for they'd them. Be like, they'd, be like, they'd be like, oh, that's who they're playing? Got it. 
Dude, we could totally trash talk like one person each week and just see if they were like, like, yeah, see if they actually listen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we could just totally like just name drop somebody like, oh, Scott sucks. Like, I'm actively like setting up my my roster right now as we're talking. (laughs) I refuse to set up my roster right now because I'm going to. I usually always do like Thursday. Like, I said it before, like, the Friday comes out with all like other reports and stuff. So, uh, race center this week. Um, looks like practice on, on Saturday at 2 PM followed by qualifying at 2 50 PM Eastern. Um, the race will be at three 30 on Sunday, Eastern time. Looking at the weather as of right now, they're calling for all clear. If I'm looking at, is this today? What am I looking at? I don't know. What I don't I'm no idea. At. No idea what you're looking at, but, um, Okay, hang on one second. Sorry, I'm looking up the weather. This freaking high wind warning. High wind warning today, but the next ten days, obviously it's Las Vegas. They're in the middle of a desert, so but all clear as far as uh, rain goes. Knocking on wood, Um, but supposed to be cloudy on Saturday and Sunday, um, 66 and 64 degrees. So track conditions should be similar to what we saw this week. Obviously, it won't be dark though. So that impacts something, but um, yeah, I mean, so at least it's a dry broad or dry week, knocking on wood again. Well, it's the desert, so yes, but anytime it's dry, I'll take it. It, ra- it still has to rain in the desert sometimes, Alex. Um, sometimes, just not now because we're racing, baby. So let's th- run through our bonus picks real quick. Now, I, I got absolutely hammered on bonus points, I, lo- I only hit one of my oh, four. Is that what hurt you? That's what hurt me because if I hit, if I hit uh, like yeah. two more, if you hit at least two, you would be at one seventy eight. That makes you in a much better spot. Yeah, that's what I told you, dude. There's another super speedway, and I told you stop gloating because if I get a good week and you don't, I'm right back mm-hmm. ahead of you. And now here I am. You're My only dark. three points, buddy. Three points. Two, but exactly. well, two points. Two points to tie me. Three points to get ahead of me. You know what that is? That's one bonus pick that I get right. Well, yeah, that is. So anyway, let's go through it then and see what you see what you got. Daniel okay, Suarez so got, or Chase Briscoe. Oh, he beats me to it. Daniel I Suarez do. or Chase Briscoe. Wow, what a! I, I really don't know on this one. Truthfully, I think they're. I think Briscoe's like dog water here, so I think it's an easy layup to pick Suarez. But I don't know. They're yeah. both pretty bad here. Uh Really gross, but I'm gonna go Daniel Suarez on that one. Um, yeah, Bristol's got an average finish of 25th, and Suarez is an average finish of 19 since the last four races here. So. Yeah, it's gross, but you gotta do what you gotta do, right? At yeah. least Daniel Suarez will have some confidence coming off of a big win for him. Um, and we know we know track house is fast here based on what Chastain has done here previously. So in theory, knocking on wood. He should have a statistically nice day as long as he just doesn't crash the car. Um, exactly. Then we have Truex or Joey Logano. Drum roll, please. Easy one. Martin Truex Jr. Whoa! Whoa! You can be whoa, you can whoa. be a a contradicting kind of guy, but Truex is the much better stats here. He's actually the only oh. driver to have. Uh, in all four next gen races so far at Vegas, he's the only driver to be in top ten in all of them. So 
He likes so Vegas. you're rolling Trex. Trex going to be in your lineup. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, probably. He's definitely a All guarantee right. kind of guy. Right. I mean, unless I'll... I see something different, like if Denny Hamlin's better than him in qualifying and practice, and I'm going Denny. Bold. Bold, bold. I'm going to go Truex as well. Joey Logano, um, average finish of 15.8 here. Much better in qualifying at qualified average start position of 5.3. But those results have not showed as far as Joey Logano's stats. Um, he does have a win here, um, but also has three finishes outside the top 10. Grant, one of those was a damaged vehicle policy issue. The other two were 12th and 14th place finishes. So looking at Joey Logano, he might not actually be an awful pick. Yeah, I mean, we've only seen Super Speedway so far, and his car has been awesome on the first two races. But like, again, like you said, this is our uh, our dark horse kind of thing of trying to figure out like what cars are going to be good. It's our first real test this week, so we got to be glued to our TVs this weekend trying to figure out who's doing the best in qualifying and practice. Yeah, I think I think I think qualifying and practice are going to be really actually super important for us to know what people actually. Yeah, if you're not watching, at least like check like... the stats of what yeah. happened. And then we have a Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs. You want me to answer again, or you want to? Oh, uh, sure, buddy. Go ahead. You, you just want me to keep giving. I my just secret. want you to answer. You, you can yeah. you can do the last one. I made you answer the first okay, one. Hey, actually, I'll I'll do this one. I'll do this. Uh, okay. One. I'm going Bubba Wallace by a landslide. Gee, no wonder. I think Ty Gibbs has only raced here three times, and he's like an average finish of like 27th or something. 26th average. Oh, I was close. Because I remember the other two times. Like, one time he wrecked, and the other two were just, like, in the back the whole time. Actually, okay, He so he was involved in the incident last year, finished seven laps down. Yeah, seven laps down. Nice. But um, the, yeah, the two races before that, he hasn't finished better than 22nd here. So That's a that's a cut. That's a, that's an easy Bubba Wallace pick. Average finish of 19.5, a top five here, one top five finish here. So uh, I'm rolling Bubba Wallace on that. He's on also, that his last, like, mile and a half, he was good last year in intermediates. Yeah. He wasn't, like, lighting it on fire, but he was, like, you could tell, like, whoa, this man has gotten better at this kind of style of racing. For sure. Um, last one is Ross Chastain versus Brad Kozlowski. I think I know what you're doing here. Uh, yeah, Ross Chastain. Where even is Brad? I don't even see him on here. I feel like these bonus picks, whenever you get a week like this where you think the bonus picks are really easy, none of them. Yep. That's why I'm tempted to change that Truex and Logano one because I feel like that's the closest. If anything, I think that one and second after that would be Suarez and Briscoe, but Chastain versus Brad and Bubba versus Ty Gibbs, I feel like those two are locks. Like those two are like, yeah, they should be better than them. But Suarez and Briscoe is like, I don't know. One could be better than the other. One could find speed. I don't know. And Truex and Logano is an easy flip. But the other two, no. Those are two very easy decisions for me. And that's the frustrating part, right? Like, you just... Yeah. You, you, All it takes is Ross Chastain to blow a tire on lap 27, and your whole thing is killed for the day because he goes, like, three laps down. And that's uh, all it takes. It's so annoying. Because I just know what's going to happen. Um, but... Okay, so who's your pick to win win the race this week? Um, if you had to pick anybody, who would it be? I'm going to go with Larson. 
I like that he was actually hanging in the front at both super speedways towards the end, which was a good sign for him because he stinks at super speedways. And technically, according to the stat books, guess what? He's still going to stink because he wrecked out in both of them. But he hung up in the front, had good qualifying in Atlanta. He was around the mix the entire race until he got wrecked at one point. So I feel like that confidence is going to help him. He doesn't need confidence because he's Kyle Larson, but I... I like Kyle Larson here a lot. He's really, really good at Vegas. So I do have to say, I missed the days where we got to pick like stage winners and then the race winner. Um, yeah. Cause like when you would hit on those, you'd feel really good about yourself. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, um, yeah. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I'm going to actually play a little bit contrarian here. Someone who has been running pretty well this season, but also kind of flying under the radar someone who has finished really well here, three top tens in the last four races here, um, never finished worse than 15th in the last four here. It's like 35 laps, finished 100% of the, the laps. Um, just a guy, just just a guy, old reliable, old reliable. Can I guess? This year, yeah, I mean, I'm giving you the stats, but yeah. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the stats open though, oh, anymore. Go ahead. It. Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. Now, granted, this year caught up in a crash at Daytona. Atlanta caught up in a crash. But before both of those incidents, he was running really well. Um, so I'm taking Tyler Reddick. The second you said old reliable, I was like, oh, it's easily Tyler Reddick. Because he's Reddick. a guy that just turns laps at intermediates. He just turns yeah. laps. Exactly. He's just oh, he, You're always going to find him up front. Um, will yeah. he make my fantasy lineup debatable? It depends how he qualifies, right? Like, yeah, the problem with Tyler Reddick is you get the Chase Elliott effect, right? Like, you almost you want to save him for those road courses because I gotta pull up the stats again now. Pull up the stats on what on Reddick just to see how many points he got in those. Like, you're saying he's all reliable, but I'm curious how many points he got. Like, did he get stage points or did he? Yeah, I can read those off for you. So, he's gone 30, 33, 22, and 38. So, you'll take 38s, yeah, 38s is good, but like the 30 and 33. Even with him finishing that high, that's like not great. Yes, like he but qualified he was, and finished that high. He should have better points than that. He was also with Childers. Don't forget it. Mister mm, RCR and his first his two races of twenty three were twenty two and thirty eight then for points. So he's got one high scoring and one low scoring. Yeah. Well, the one he got low scoring, he, he was involved. He was finished fifteen. Oh, that's not bad. So, so he, he he wheeled it to get there. All right. It, that's like my thing is like he's reliable, but like Reddick's kind of the guy on the cusp when I look at the drivers. He's like a guy that like when I use him, I want to get 40 plus points. So like if I'm like on the fence of him getting over 40 points, I try not to use him. That's yeah, that's the hard piece, right? Because. Like I said, you want to save him for those road courses, right? You want to save yeah, him so for six out of the yes, and I only got four with him, but he's also super good at intermediates. He's not bad at short tracks, but it's not his strength. So that really, like, if you're using him for six road courses, you get four intermediates to figure out where you want to play him. And like, just off the top of my head, and I'm just, I don't have the stats in front of me, so this is just completely off the top of my head. But like, you want him at a place like Homestead. Mm-hmm. You want him at a place like. Charlotte, in my opinion, um, little, little I feel Darlington. Like Twenty three eleven has been really good at Texas, but Bubba Wallace has been really good at Texas. If I'm, I like, like I said, completely off the dome, so I don't know if these are actually one hundred percent factual. But if I just remember, like 
so I don't know if Las Vegas is necessarily a place you want to use him. Um, looking at his finishes last year, he was first at Coda. Uh, he mm. was third at Phoenix, fifth at Atlanta. Second at Bristol Dirt doesn't count. Um, ninth at Kansas. Like, Kansas is a great track for him. Like, that's, oh. He was fifth at Charlotte. So, yeah, it's really see, that's tough. Like where you have to, that's where you have to look and see, like, is it worth me playing him? Yeah, not an awful spot to deploy him, but I could understand the reservations there. He's really, yeah. really good at Kansas, dude. Yeah, he even finished. if he's lights out here, I would still be skeptical because I'm like, I would rather wait to see him prove it to me at this track than like anything else. Especially with the fact that we're at Kansas twice, right? Because I would 100% yeah. play him at both Kansases. Like, finished ninth at the first Kansas last year and then won the second Kansas. Now, granted, oh, he is barely really beat Danny Kansas. Hamlin at the second Kansas, but... Games. Win to win. All right, Alex, you got anything? Any ending points for us before we wrap up this episode? Um, I don't think so. Besides, like, eh, we don't really need to go over point standing, so I think we're okay. Kyle Busch tops the point standings, by the way. A bunch of Chevys in that top five, or not really, only two, but you know. Yeah, that, that'll change this week. Just been chaos the first two weeks. So Yeah, like Corey LaJoy's 12th in the points right now. Oh, I forgot to mention that. This can be our final point. Stuart Hoskin okay. and that big old penalty. Oh, yeah. Eh, whatever. Or Ryan Priest. Shout out to Ryan Priest. He were, he uh him and my dad go way back. Yeah, he has um he has now only has uh, zero points on the year. Oh wait. And and on. Noah Gregson has a negative six. <laughs> so I doesn't know Graves have negative six because he also got hit with the penalty. Yeah, but they got a fifty-point so, penalty, and he had less than fifty points. I'm just maybe I'm just am I looking at this wrong? He had. So you're telling me like the he had subtraction 40, just magically got Priest to zero, a perfect yeah. zero. That's he insane. Po- he had fifty points and lost fifty, and Noah had forty-four and lost fifty, so he's at negative six. I didn't know you could go negative. Genuinely didn't know that. Like I thought zero Neither was four. I. I think that's hilarious that you can. <laughs> can you so, imagine yeah. being six points after two races into the year? I'd be furious. I'd I mean, you so can still mad. bounce back from it, but you know, they're Stuart Haas. They're not going anywhere. I mean, the top so. Stuart Haas car right now is Chase Briscoe in 22nd. That's so sad. Oh, well. They're, yeah. Oh, well. I mean, obviously the standings will change again this week, but shout out to Bubba Wallace, fourth in points right now. He's... He's firing it, dude. I know it's only been two races, but yeah, I think Bubba's got some chips on his shoulder. So I guess that's my final point. Shout I out love to it. Bubba. Well, thank you all so much for listening to the Tight on Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest podcast on Spotify. Uh, I believe we're also going to be on other streaming platforms, so make sure you check us out on other areas, anywhere else you would find your podcast. We'll find out. We'll let you know on Twitter, Instagram, and um, who else knows where. Uh, th- thank you so much for listening. Peace out. You didn't want to say anything else?